Oh. Uh, it's, you watch a movie, you expect it to be a little goofy. This one was all goof. In spite of the scores they've gotten, they're not so rotten after all. In our informed yet humble and unprofessional opinion. I think it's a winner. Welcome to You Say Tomato, a podcast hosted by Potatoes. Each week, maybe, we sing the praises of a different movie that was given an unjust score on Rotten Tomatoes. For those unfamiliar with Rotten Tomatoes, it is a film review forum that assigns percentages based on critic reviews. A film can be either fresh or rotten based on its score, (laughs) and it must receive a 60% or higher to be fresh. Otherwise, it is considered rotten. I'm your host, Grace. And I'm Frank. This week, we're talking about a goofy movie. Yuck. (laughs) Nothing good about it. <laughs> uh, no, like, I can't think of any epithets. It's just like Space Jam was like the greatest movie of all time. Fifty First Dates was like the best Adam Sandler movie ever. Well, Goofy Movie might be the best uh, Disney, like primary characters extended universe movie. Probably the only one really in contention is like the extremely Goofy Movie, and maybe I don't know if there are any good like. Mickey spinoffs. The Once Upon a Christmas is pretty solid. Yeah. It's in my Christmas canon for sure, but I don't know if... And I guess DuckTales kind of counts, but it's a TV show. The Ducks went the TV route, even though they made a movie out of DuckTales, which is really, really good. They're getting a remake. They, yeah. Like, the the voice cast is all, like, Saturday Night Live and uh, Second City veterans, and David Tennant is uh, Scrooge. It's going to be... Oh, wow. It's going to be crazy, man. I don't even know if those episodes started happening, but if they did, I'm going to start watching all of them. Lin-Manuel Miranda's going to be in it. Is he really? Yeah. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I heard about that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. A what, goof. Does, what doesn't he do? <laughs> How does he have time? Right. Mm. I mean, I guess his Hamilton stuff is done, so he does have time. Right, <laughs> anyway. but he still like, he writes probably something. Yeah. Like he's running out of time. Ha ha. Not funny. It's not funny. Leave me alone. Good one. A goofy movie has a 50%, oh wait, 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Out of 15 reviews. <laughs> Eight were fresh and seven were rotten. Well, okay, that's... Yeah. You want to um, know what the critic consensus is? Yeah. There is none. <laughs> You're kidding me. It says no consensus yet. Oh my god, hot. <laughs> it's been 21 years, they have to have come to one. They're probably like, this is a cartoon that nobody watches. But, but like everybody, want, yep. everybody has, everybody our age has seen it, and like forty percent of the people our age are obsessed with it, yes. or were at some point obsessed with it. Yep, it has a seventy percent with audiences though. That makes sense. Yeah. Now that you rewatched the, it, now that millennials have taken over the internet, not that they were never not in charge yeah. of the internet, but what do you think the consensus would say if there was one? Um. I don't know, a kitschy father and son story uh, follows the general template with a goofy twist (laughs) or something stupid like that. That's good. You want to read us the movie info? Sure. This animated Disney feature centers on Goofy's teenage son, Max, who is dragged off on vacation just as he was about to ask his dream girl, Roxanne, on a date. As Max and Goofy head to the forest for some camping, Max schemes to get them to a concert in L.A. Hmm. 
pretty good, except it doesn't make sense because he already asked out right. Roxanne. Yeah. But potato, potato. You say tomato. I, oh, oh so, how, how did we work that into the show? <laughs> this is directed by Kevin Lima, written by Jim Magon, Magan, and Chris Mathen. So I believe Mathen? it's Jin. Jim? Jin? Jin Megan? Magon. Okay. You would know, right? Nope. Oh, well. wow. I looked up Kevin Lima, and his highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes is Enchanted. Pretty good movie. It's a really good movie. Bella, you gotta shoot that somewhere else, darling. Also did Tarzan, the animated one. That one's pretty solid. Right? 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Um, and what? Monkeys of Mumbai? <laughs> Get out of here. No score yet. Comes out this year. Man. Wait. I wonder if Eloise at Christmas time is the one I'm... Is that the live action one? Uh, we can check it out. Well, it's not not scored, so it... Yes. Oh, is that... Debbie Julie Rowe? Andrews. Oh, is that... That's not Julie It Andrews. is, too. I will bet you $600. I don't have $600. Well, Damn it. Yeah, it you owe me not, $600. Right. And Christine Baranski's on there. I don't know who that is. Uh, she's just an old blonde actress, and my, one of my favorite podcasts, aside from this one, Ends every show by saying, great show, Baranski. Nice. Or, great job, Baranski. Shout out great to job. Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan of The Watch on the Ringer Network. Give me a job. Gail <laughs> doesn't care. Getting old. Yeah, just... Hi, Gail. <laughs> the audience can't hear her, but she said hey. She didn't reject this. When was the first time you saw this movie? Carl- I don't know. I'm pretty sure that I saw an extremely goofy movie in its entirety before I saw this one in its entirety. What? I saw like clips of it. I watched it whenever it was on Disney Channel, but I never like got the DV. I may have gotten the VHS, but I think I it came out in '96, right? '95. '95. <laughs> yeah, we were three. So yeah, so I was too young. Wait, were you three? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think that I watched it. Obviously, when it came out. And I think Extremely Goofy came out in, like, 2000, which was, like, my peak Disney-watching days. And so I think I retroactively watched it. But I I would say probably sometime around 99 to 2001 was the first time I saw it. And at that time, I thought that it was good, but I liked the Extremely Goofy movie better because it was the first one I saw, and I was super into the extreme sports. <laughs> that was a huge thing back then. Like, it in- was. Insane. I went to the Gravity Games, and my mind was blown. <laughs> I drank so much Sobe that I got a tummy ache. <laughs> uh, also, fuck Sobe. So bad. Uh, I watched this movie. I'm 100% sure we had it on VHS. Mm-hmm. And then we have it on DVD right now, like, nice. in my life. Good in, movie. In your life. It is a solid movie. I love uh, it. I there's a solid month my senior year of high school where I watched this every day with my friend Dawn. Nice. Yeah. Dawn or Don? D A W N. Okay. Yeah. Her full name is actually Goldie Dawn. I Isn't that hilarious? Love Goldie Dawn already. <laughs> um, I tried to get her to do this episode, but she was like, "I don't like my voice." She's like, <laughs> "Nobody likes their okay. voice, Goldie Dawn." <laughs> but the reason I bring it up is because we watched it. Every single day after school. Really? For an entire month. That's so awesome. Did you just like make a pact to do it or did you start it and then it just turned into like we could watch a goofy movie? 
she would like she we became friends and she would give me a ride home from school mm-hmm. and then we would go and just put turn the tv on and it, for some reason it was always a goofy movie or pride and prejudice yeah <laughs> so it was just kind of like what how fun is that yeah then all the songs somehow magically were on my ipod how did that happen i don't know <laughs> it's crazy technology yeah technology in yeah. the 2010 era so like you said this movie is about a father and a son on a road trip mm-hmm. the son is there like reluctantly yeah. for most of it until he figures out how to connect with his dad <laughs> yes and uh, also uh goofy is freaking out because he's scared that Max is going to go down the wrong path and end up on the electric chair. Yeah, thanks to the biggest overreaction of the century from terrible principal Mazer. Yes. Rhymes with laser. Voiced by the guy that says inconceivable in The Princess Bride. Also voices T, or just Rex, in Toy Story franchise. Um, That still blows my mind. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. He's just like, if you want me in the electric chair... That's my really good impression that I've been working on of him. Uh, the the principal catches Max after he does the coolest thing anyone's ever done by disrupting the most boring uh, assembly ever and reenacting a fresh new dance from a fresh new Powerline video who is like Michael Jackson and Prince and Janet Jackson rolled into one and made into uh, the best pop star that's ever been in animated, probably. I don't know. We we could do a pop star, a animated pop star ranking later. Uh, that's another podcast. That's another podcast entirely. Um, but Max goes in and like he just does the dance from the new video and, in front of everybody, and the balls that it takes to do that are unprecedented in. <laughs> In the Disney uh, canon, I, 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 I was impressed. Max comes off as kind of like a little meek, but then he uh, he really just pulled it off. But then he they get in trouble, and the principal is like tells Goofy that he doesn't want his kid to end up in the electric chair, which is a bit of a stretch considering Max has probably never been in trouble before. Um, oh well, that's. Public administrators are just going down the drain. This 20 years ago, and it's the same story today. Just kidding. I only really know a handful of public administrators, and they all seem fine. Um, shout out shout to, out to Sophia's dad. Sophia's dad. <laughs> Is he an administrator? Is he a teacher? No, he's just a teacher. Oops, never mind. That's all right. He can Sorry, Bill. Bill's the man, though. He's all right. Uh, uh, so this is just a story of like a teen that doesn't want to become his dad. Yeah, it opens with him having a nightmare about literally becoming his dad. He has a literal nightmare about becoming his dad. Uh, Which is sad because, like, his dad's not bad. He's just dorky. He or is. Or goofy. He, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know, but we could trace... We could do a little bit of research and find out if this is the first time that Goofy's ever portrayed as a dad. Like, I think this might be the introduction of Max as a character and of Goofy in his life as a father but whoever decided to make Goofy a dad just wins Disney like what? that's just the best move of all time like they're like Goofy is this weird dude this weird dog thing um, and all he does is be Goofy What? how can we broaden this character oh 
what else are goofy? Dads. Let's make him a dad. Mm-hmm. And the shoe, the long, weird shoe that fits over the strange, individually toed black feet, fits. Because this is that story, and we've seen that story be- told before. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a type of story. Do you think that it suffered score-wise and, like, with the critics because it doesn't really offer anything new? Although, I think it tells it in a creative way. I think so, too. Uh, And I think the fact that it's animated makes it also stand out against other... Stand out! (laughs) We are introduced... To we're reintroduced to these characters that we've already seen before. Mm-hmm. Or I guess Goofy we've seen a million times, and then Max is uh, just supposed to be a relatable teenager. And like, and I don't know what other movies are just like father and son going across the country in a car with the son doing it against his will, and the dad being the most extreme version of a Goofy dad. So I guess it takes it like it just kicks up the the tire. Uh, it kicks up the the like well. It kicks up the story that we're used to, to a different level. Frank's falling able apart. To, they're able to do it because it's animated. I think that's what I was trying to say. Hooby dooby. Dooby dooby. Bodily, we. Uh, I like some of the things that they introduce with the plot, like the way they show you the audience this like struggle for them to connect with each other. And, like, also bringing up, like, past experiences and giving them this history of father and son. Mm-hmm. What is that noise? That's a train. Oh, okay. Um, like, the high dad soup. Yes. Which is, like, a Aww. really smart way of showing, like... They used to... They used to be really close. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can see it, too, even in, like, uh, subconscious ways. Like, when Goofy wakes Max up and then uh, <laughs> he's, like, Powerline is the coolest... Pop star of all time, he's like, not as cool as blah, 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 king of Mamba. And then they Mamba. And then Max, after he asks out Roxanne and she says, yes, he Mambas with the secretary in the principal's office. Mm-hmm. So you can tell that Goofy has like a uh, a marked interest. Or, uh, I can't even Influence? say the word. Influence. I can speak a language. Just one. That went really well. <laughs> I made some scribbles on the paper to remember that I'm alive, and here I am. Um, it's this yeah. inception. Yeah. Um, uh, um, um, we. Oh, <laughs> we said, oh my god. <laughs> uh, I also like how like they showed like Max's inner struggle of like choosing the two paths. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> with the eyelid po- postcard. Yeah. Oh. The map, the actual physical map of showing them going either this path or this path. The, right whole like left or right max mm-hmm. be then... a good person or deceive your only the, the only person that cares about you yep roxanne. only person yeah pj is a flake roxanne is a fake roxanne. bobby is a jake less than jake bobby is less than jake do you uh, think this movie who's the antagonist in this film another film where we don't have like a straight out antagonist other than pj's dad yeah and he's he's really less of an antagonist and more of a like a foil mm-hmm. to Goofy, uh, just because he's like the doing the normal Pete thing where he's just like the the bigger, fatter, richer, worse version of every dad. Um, but probably the antagonist is the faulty glove box 
that opens whenever there's like a <laughs> a chance to change the plot. Um, it tempts Max into changing their course, which ultimately kind of is an okay thing because they have so much fun on the way to L.A., even though Goofy was going to let him take the map that day anyway. I don't know if that would have meant that they would have made different stops on the way to the fishing place or whatever. But then the glove box opens up after Goofy has decided that he trusts Max, and it tells him that he was wrong in trusting Max, which I guess is important. Maybe the glove box is really just a character enhancer. It, uh, it's not the antagonist. It's just the, the supernatural factor that really brings uh, the best and worst out in the characters in order to afford them the growth that's necessary mm-hmm. for us to enjoy the movie. Very true. So no antagonists. No antagonists. Maybe, uh, the maybe, antagonist is Max's inner struggle with the, himself. Exactly. The antagonist is big business and uh, the Bigfoot also. Being a teenager. Being a teenager. Uh, I'm surprised they don't make a bigger deal out of the... When when Pete has the big RV, I'm surprised they don't make a bigger deal out of like the roughing it versus like, uh, like fake camping thing. Because yeah. it seemed like it was going in that direction and then... It just doesn't, which is kind of fine. It's like yeah. it's subtle, and when they plug in the thing in the hotel, uh, it's a giant like power cord and a water tube, and I don't think that's what the point of the movie is. But it's yeah. it's it's there. It shows also like Max's personality and like his like just wanting the greater things in life mm-hmm. and just not being happy with what he has. Yeah, or just being a teenager and liking things that he's not used to. Yep. Um, which. I think Disney has, uh, Dis- the Disney Corporation, not just Walt Disney, has a fixation on Main Street USA, and so, like, there's this, there's the idea of, like, going fishing with the old man, and, like, roughing it, like, the way Hemingway would, or, like, the other, like, great American heroes, versus this new, uh, like, electric uh, enjoyment, which is, like, do you see the bad version of it in the RV and, like, Pete and his, like, gluttonous way of doing everything? And then you see the good version of it sort of in Powerline where it's, like, this is the new hot thing, but it's, like, okay that this is our new hot thing that we like. Even though Goofy says it sounds like monkeys <laughs> in a zoo, which I think... I don't know if there is still the same amount of, like, Disney-esque influence in 1995, but it sounds like a pretty... <laughs> heavy-handed Disney-ism, and Powerline is portrayed as, I think, the only black dog, or dog of color. It's... it's Goofy's not? Goofy is, but, like, he... Yeah, I guess they're... But, like, the... You know what I... Aside from the original characters, which have been drawn for, like... At this point, a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, almost a hundred years, they, all the other ones are just like white dogs. Like they're made to look like white people, except yeah. for the the Goofy and uh, Pete and their families. Um, and then uh, Powerline is just like a different color than the rest of the dogs. Yeah. And I don't think that's a big deal. That's not really what. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the whole point of this. But how did we get here? <laughs> uh, Main Street, USA. <laughs> Oh, God. Let's talk about Goofy as a character. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember him in the cartoons. Like, I obviously remember watching him in cartoons, but I don't remember him having such a personality. Right. Which is the point of the movie, obviously. Yeah, he, like, 
I don't even know that Goofy did. I I want to like should should have done a deep dive on the, the all the whole Disney franchise. It's okay. Uh, you were busy today. You were watching Fifty First Dates uh, at work. <sighs> Just kidding. I was future employers. That's all right. I did it at work, but it was during my free periods. Um, nah. Should I edit that out? No, to keep it in. Okay. They need the, they need to know that I have. I have multiple passions that I can <laughs> pursue at the same time. Um, there, there was a thing on there in the Wiki, Wikipedia that said something about his everyman days. I don't know what that is all about, but I don't know. I think Goofy is put into more situations in the old cartoons than Mickey or Donald because Mickey is just like a winner and mm-hmm. Donald is just a loser. Goofy was something he that everybody could relate to yeah. just in like a, I'm put into these situations and then this they rule it they rule me instead of me being ruled by it or me being uh, or me overcoming it what did I yes also <laughs> interesting how in this movie there's no mom there no is moms no mom in general there are no moms in general holy cow moms I, don't exist they don't Roxanne has a dad P- or PJ has a dad. PJ has a dad. Bobby, obviously parentless. He's a heretic. <laughs> Loves his cheese. <laughs> um, yeah, I have wondered about that before. I don't think there are any moms portrayed in the old Disney characters. I need to know more about them. I, Jeez, this is really sparking my interest. You know what? We're accomplishing our goals for the viewers and listeners within ourselves. And I think that's a true measure of whether or not we're being successful. Sure, Frank. <laughs> Somebody kill me. This. <laughs> we're very days. tired. Yeah. Okay, Goofy is very feminine. Do you not? I noticed think that. that. Like, I yeah. thought, wondered why that was like a very strong choice. It's interesting too because, like, especially in, like 1995, like you don't see like the dads being feminine. It's always like the dads are, like Pete, tough and like mm-hmm. harsh, but Goofy's very like empathetic towards Max and like he like it's just emotional almost are you saying that only women have emotions Uh, no I'm saying this is an interesting take of a father you're right and then he does the mamba all the time and Mm -hmm. he uh, he did the one like thing with his hands like the way he jumped in when they went to Lester's do you know what I'm talking about when When he he was was running (laughs) he was running with his hands up like a little dinosaur uh huh yeah Played by Bill Farmer. Billy. Bill Bill. But it was just interesting to me that Goofy was a very played as a very feminine character mm-hmm. and very loving as well. Yeah, he's a good dad. That's uh like for all of his faults, which are really just him being kind of a klutz and a A little overbearing. But not yeah, even. Really not even. It's just Max is just such a little crappy teenager. Yeah, Max is super is a super butt. Yeah. Um, um, Max play, played by James Marsden. Jason Marsden. Yeah. Wrong person, wrong person. I, Jason Marsden. Click on Jason Marsden, though, because I'm, I'm curious if he's the brother or cousin of James. Hmm, I know that he was in uh, Full House as DJ's rich boyfriend. Steve? No. No. Not Steve. Steve isn't rich. Did DJ have a rich boyfriend? Yeah. Whom? Wow, he looks very, very different grown up, and I don't like it. <laughs> it freaks me out. Be young. Stay young. Uh, that's kind of mean. Pretty ageist of me. That's okay. Uh, 
I don't think he's related to him. Nope. Oh, old robot jocks. Hocus Pocus. He was the black cat. Nice. Did you like Hocus Pocus? I never watched it. Me either. Thank goodness. Nice. I was so that's like so scary to say because people always like jump down your throat about it. Right. And I feel like if I watched it now, I would just be like, okay. Is Hocus Pocus the one with Sarah Michelle Gellar as a witch? No. Or is that Halloween Town? That's Buffy the Vampire. No, that's Sarah. Oh, no, I didn't mean Sarah Michelle Gellar. I meant um, the other three name. Wow, I'm I'm doing a really no? bad job. Yeah, no, it is. It's a uh, Sex in the City lady, Sarah Jessica Sarah Parker. Parker yeah. I'm an idiot. God bless America. Wow, Hocus Pocus was directed by Kenny Ortega, who did High School Musical. No way. Interesting. What a storied career. Oh, yeah. Anyway, James Marsden plays Max. Jason Marsden. Jason. Dang it. I'm sorry. Jason Marsden. What a great person. I really liked him in Full House, though, for real. Which, I, what, uh, at what point was he DJ's boyfriend? It was later, when she was, like, well into her, like, 16s to 20s. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Good person. Max grows through the biggest arc of the story. Yeah, for sure. Which is... Apt like for a teenager realizing that he's which i feel like he doesn't even apologize to his dad for being such a jerk the whole time he doesn't but at the same time i feel like there's just an understanding like they're obviously very close especially since there's no mama or siblings like yeah. the the bond is close and you can already tell that it's like closer than the bond that pete like has with pj um and even though he like is afraid of becoming his dad like every teenager is afraid of becoming their parents every 20 year olds is afraid of becoming their parents I'm still afraid of becoming my parents but like the they he there is an understanding there and I think Goofy Goofy also grows in understanding that that's just like how it is like when they they have the conversation on the the car when it's floating toward the waterfall when they're just like he's like I'm not your little boy anymore and he's like you'll always be my son trope yeah so <laughs> that that's so tropey but like but it's super true and like i have that conversation with my mom literally every time i see her and it that part was like not like cute i was like oh my god this is so annoying <laughs> but like uh but i think goofy grows in understanding that that is true to him but like also he he acknowledges that max is growing and wants to be his own person and Max acknowledges that Goofy wants to be part of who that person is, mm-hmm. and they just reach that understanding. And who knows what they talk about in the car on the way to the Powerline concert? Maybe that's what they discuss at length. They just didn't show it because they needed an eighty-minute runtime. Probably. Probably. Or they were singing along to music. Yeah. That they he, created he on the showing, spot. <laughs> yeah, their their cool open road song that is made with uh, pans jangling and the muffler coughing which they probably should have gotten checked out even before they sent their car off a cliff there's a lot of damage done to that car oh and it blew up yes <laughs> which is he was very injured he even went through the roof yeah he he was very much right next to the car when it exploded the character of pete like you said is a great foil to goofy mm-hmm. and also i think like even though he's not the antagonist like when you're watching this you're just like dang no, he's, it this he's a guy rake. he's uh, despicable he's yes. terrible and he always is he's so bad and the and he's always doing like the he's always somehow got like the sleaziest jobs 
uh, that underlings are always like work. Like he, I don't know if he owns the photo studio where Goofy works or what. Um, but in uh, Once Upon a Christmas, he owns, he sells Christmas trees, and Mickey works for him. And Mickey tries to like sell people reasonable trees, and Pete's like, I need him to buy the ten footers, and they're like these really bad trees that he makes with like a spray that turns like twigs into green and stuff and he's just like he's a crook and you can tell because he's always smoking cigars I don't know if he does smoke any cigars in this movie he doesn't but he bowls bowling is bad I don't trust bowlers I wait I don't know if you've been serious okay because I don't like bowling (laughs) really yeah I just don't that's fair find it very fun yeah it's one of those things that it's like the novelty of it is what draws you in and then once you get there and you're like three frames in unless you're doing well you're like this is I don't But if if you're good at bowling, it's super fun. I'm not that good, but I imagine that if I was good, I would have a much better time at it. And I already have a decent time. (laughs) Bowling. You like the cameo by the person that plays Tommy Pickles? Yeah, the one baby is crying, (laughs) and you immediately recognize it as Tommy's distinctive wah. It's very good. Also, what do you think of... uh, Well, PJ's character doesn't do anything other than be Max's friend. Yeah. And also, like... He's part like kind of like what the audience would, or I don't know where I'm going with this, but he's like, I'm trying to think of like how to phrase what his purpose is in this film, because he's not the voice of reason. No, he's but just a dopey friend. But he's almost like a conscience to Max, because he's like, uh, or I don't know, he's like egging him on, kind of in a way. No, yeah, there, there's the part when he, he doesn't push Max into talking to Roxanne. He doesn't really push Max in... I don't think it was his idea to do the power line stunt, but he, like, helped Max do it. When he sees Max, he, like... He doesn't say anything about changing the map, does he? Or does... Or is that idea his? No, I guess maybe he's more of, like, the thoughts that Max would be having in his head being spoken out loud. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he needs somebody to say it to, or else it would be weird if we just see Max talking to himself, like, oh, wow, I can't believe I changed the map, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, right. But that's what... PJ's there for, for Max to spill what's going on in his head about mm-hmm. the whole entire situation. Right. So that's, that's his purpose. I um, can dig that. Oh, somebody needs to get that kid. Excuse me. Somebody needs to get that kid some Mucinex or like a tissue because he, he always sounds like he's uh, stuffed up in his nose. Who is the actor's Rob Paulson. That's a good his job. His name was... His Robert name was Paulson. <laughs> uh. Uh, also, Polly Shore's in this movie, but what's Ooh. his name? Bobby. Joey Lawrence is in this movie. I don't Joey know who Lawrence Chad is. of the Lawrence brothers from Disney Channel. I don't know. Matthew Lawrence, Thank other you. Lawrence. He's in Melissa and Joey. Uh, no. Oh, okay. That makes more sense now. But I still don't know who that is really. Do you think mm. Chad's the hunky dog? Maybe. Joey Lawrence. What a weirdo. Um. Yeah, Polly Shore's in this, which makes the movie ten times better than if he mm-hmm. wasn't in there. It's some of his best work, easily. Leading Tower of Chiza is a, a great, great gig. Great, it's just such a fun, like, such a fun background character to have. He is, and it's such like a, it's a time capsule, because, like, if somebody hit, like, a character like that in a m- movie now, it would just look like, it would seem, like, really inauthentic. Uh, but because this was in 1995 and that was what, like, silly, 
like the stonerish characters in high school things. That's what they actually sounded like. That's, yeah. <laughs> not that I was that age in '95, but I assume that's what they were like. <laughs> we recently did Spy Kids 3D with my cousins. Oh, nice! And we made fun of one of the characters saying, "Yo, that was tight." Oh, and yikes! <laughs> my cousin, who's not 25, but yeah. not. 30 she's like late late 20s she doesn't okay. want me to say her age that's fine anyway, um she was like when we were making fun of it she's like well since i'm older than you guys just let you know people actually did say that and I was yeah like, oh. and not ironically yeah like <laughs> the last time i heard anybody say tight unironically was tuco salamanca in breaking bad when he <laughs> when he does the the meth off a knife he's like oh tight 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 the mic shakes yeah <laughs> uh one last thing. Oh, the foil of PJ's relationship with his dad. We already talked about that. Um, weird that Roxanne's dad also has a pink towel. Yeah. And also is like, I'm assuming it's supposed to like show them playing both the mother and the father. Because they don't have enough time to make more women. Yeah. I think it's either that or I think that's just kind of a cliche where they show like... A, a big yeah. dude that has like uh like a loofah and a rubber ducky. He was wearing a shower cap, and mm-hmm. like that that happens. I feel like all the time. Yep. But I like the idea of Im- implanting the image of a mother in just a pink towel. Uh, which does, I'm not saying mothers have to have pink towels. No. FYI. Just Walt Disney thinks so. Um, let's talk about Roxanne's character. Is she an awful person? You're gonna have to put on the red light, because I love Roxanne. But also, yes, she is low-key, like, not cool. <laughs> I heard the first scene we see her, you're like, Roxanne? Cartoon? She's a babe. Or, wait, wait, she's a babe, even though she's a cartoon. Yeah, total babe. Uh, I think everybody feels that way. Oh, yeah. Um, very good-looking cartoon dog. Um, and the whole gig with like the the knees up to her like on hugging her knees during the school assembly during the power line thing, she would be on her feet because it was lit and <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it's like cute and you're like oh she's like the knees and the whole hugging your knees it's like ah oh, it's a it's a look uh, whatever but like then as soon as she talks to Max it's like it goes well and. They're going to go to the party together. Uh, everybody's happy. But then when Max does like a, the right thing, the good guy thing, and is like, hey, I can't go to this because my dad's making me go on this bogus vacation, She's she just shuns him. <laughs> she immediately claims that she's going to find somebody else to go to the party with. Which is awful. Like, he can't help it that he can't go with you. Yeah. Also, if you wanted to go to the party with Max, just don't go to the party with someone else. Parties are not obligatory date functions. No. They're just functions. It's it's almost weirder if you take someone to the party. I was thinking that too. I was like, that must be like a 90s thing. It kind of is, yeah. Did, Did a boy ever ask you to go to a party with him? No, but I also wasn't allowed to go to parties. Lit. Yep. <laughs> That's rad. Crazy life. <laughs> yeah. Hang loose. Yeah. Um, but that that threw me for a loop. I didn't realize that she so immediately uh, rejected him when he tried to... I don't know. He could have just like blown her off and 
judging by the kind of person that Roxanne is from our limited evidence, maybe that would have made her like him more. Because maybe she's into dudes that are just bad guys. I don't think we have enough evidence to make that conclusion. What else does she do that's kind of awful? I forgot. Oh, oh. at the end, uh, Max comes back and he's like, I lied to you. And she's like, Wait, what? <laughs> This makes Max sound awful, not her. Yeah, no, Max no, Max it's... comes clean and she's like, Max, I already liked you. Um which is kind of fine, but like she could have just said that like from the beginning. Well Also, you called her a fame digger because she That's what it was. That's what it was. She was so, so into watching Max on TV and she was like, he was gonna come to this party with me. I'm gonna be so famous when he comes back. Uh, and then she was that, as soon as he came back she was like Max I saw you on TV it was great everyone saw you on TV everyone saw you on TV everyone will see me on TV she's she was just I don't know the way that goof right there of you being like yeah. <laughs> not, I lied to you yeah that makes him look bad no she does something that was kind of like oh she's like wanna hang out tonight <gasps> That's what it is. You're so right. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I can't because I have to hang out with my dad. And she's like, oh, you always have to hang out with your dad. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but her facial she's expression. She's like, oh, I mean, whatever. And he's like, what about tomorrow? And she's like, okay. <laughs> well, I'll, in her defense, he just got back from a long-ass vacation with only his dad. Yes. <laughs> and so you would think that they would both want a little break. Like, I get... Obviously, that is showing that he wants to spend time with his dad now, or at least acknowledges his dad's presence. Uh, but, I don't know. She could have just been more supportive of it. Because what... She's like 10. What else is she do, doing? <laughs> They're teenagers, Frank. I know. I always exaggerate. It's my... It's my go-to age-guessing... If you're not move. my age, that's how old you are. Yeah. Unless you're older. Right. Then you're basically 50. Yeah, no, that's that's what I always say to the high schoolers. If if they're, like, complaining about something or, like, about how many responsibilities they have or whatever, I said, you're, like, you're five. <laughs> Just go get over it. All right. Let's talk about some themes in this movie. Let's. Um, uh, I wrote down Lake Destiny, which isn't one, but Destiny, like... Escaping your destiny, becoming your destiny, yeah, finding your destiny. Yeah, destiny's influence on uh, unforeseen things. Like when when Goofy sees that pic or the little figurine of the dude yeah. fishing, he's like, Destiny? <laughs> Very kind of heavy handed, but yeah, you know. But that introduces it, I think. And well, I really, the, the nightmare introduces it, really. Yeah, and I really like that scene too when he sees the bobblehead. It's just, like, very well-directed and, like, it's legit scene. Like, if it was a live-action, like, you would be like, holy shit, man, he's finding... Oops, I shouldn't be cursing on this. That's okay. I accidentally curse enough for the both of us. Yeah. Um, I cannot. It's not a big deal. It doesn't Ooh. matter. Woo-woo. The sponsors won't sponsor us. We'll only get sponsors from, like, sex shops. And yeah. There's a, YouTube or a YouTuber that I watch who has a... A uh, series on her channel called like Drunk Advice, but like alcohol brands won't sponsor her because it says the word drunk. Huh, that's interesting. Because like they don't want the responsibility of people getting drunk and driving. Right, that makes sense. It's crazy though. That's why they always say drink responsibly and 
them commercials of theirs, those alcohols. Yeah. Themes. I wrote basically like the whole like father son yeah, thing. Yeah, that's huge. Um, the map. I like when Goofy says that the map is the same one that my dad and I used. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, that's basically what the theme of the thing is. Like, this, we're going to repeat what my father and I did. Right. And that's, and it's like Goofy trying to repeat like his relationship with his father. Exactly. Which and that's, you can't do. You can't. And that's that's part of the old versus new argument that we spoke briefly about earlier. Um, everything is changing. Uh, <laughs> Chapstick break. Chapstick break. This episode brought to you by Smith's Minted Rose Lip Balm. The best lip balm in the world. Wow. Amazing. We did it. Look, I ran out. Oh no. <laughs> I still love it though. I have a new one, but it doesn't smell as good. Have you ever just had some... Oh my gosh, that smells really good. Oh. Smells really strong to me. I feel like I smell like a grandma. That's okay. It's a, that's Grandmas don't have chapped lips. You've seen them. They're like leather. <laughs> Smooth. Yes. <laughs> if you ever wanted grandma lips, you should get some Smiths. Smiths rose. Okay. Uh, what were some themes you had? Uh, I didn't write any down. <laughs> because it was pretty obvious. It's just like yeah. the relationship between the father and son. The relationship mm-hmm. of... Trust as well was a theme that was in there. Like, Goofy learning to trust Max's, like, ability to make decisions for himself. And Max's ability, or Max growing into the ability to make the right decisions mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the father-son thing is the, the most present thing going on. Uh, Along the lines of the trust thing, I wrote down, if you keep, your th- if you keep them under your thumb... They won't end up in the gutter. <laughs> God, pizza dog. I think this movie is good at both children being able to watch it and parents being able to watch it with their children and both relating. I think so. And it's a the problem is I think on both sides it's hard to empathize with the other side. Like I remember yes. watching it and being so much more in Max's camp even though I thought he was overreacting. And now I'm way more in Goofy's camp, even though I like know that he's kind of overreacting to a lot mm-hmm. of things. I don't know. It's there's really a striking lack of communication for two people that uh, that are like the main person in the other's life. Yeah. Uh, Which that's some people's relationships, though. Yeah, it's it's totally true. Um, but I'm looking at you. Just kidding. I was going <laughs> to shout out somebody. Make them feel uncomfortable. I'm looking at you, Jack. Jack guy. Jack Black. Oh. Poor Jack Black. <laughs> he doesn't know how to communicate. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for themes. This is a children's movie that focused very much on that those specific themes. Yeah. And not much else. Right. Want to talk about the Bechdel test? I wrote down, LOL, what a joke. Yeah, right. It's pretty pretty male-heavy, yeah. except the there is a part before the two girls are walking into the principal's office. Why they're walking into the principal's office is unclear. Um, Which but girls? A, Roxanne? The girl is having the a party in Roxanne. Yeah, Stacy. Stacy, yeah. Yo, Stacy! <laughs> Stacy and Roxanne are walking in, and Stacy's talking to Roxanne about her party. So I don't know if the Bechdel test has to be like a specific scene and like cut 
to a new scene before the conversation's yeah. over. And it's not really a full conversation. It's But it shows that they were at some point talking about something that wasn't a boy. Yeah. Um, but then they... Talk about Max. Well, yeah, then Max is there, and there looks like there's precedent. Like, they've, they've talked about him before because T- Stacy does the weird thing with her braces where she, like, does the... And it sounds terrible because she has braces, and uh, she pushes Roxanne toward Max. I like the character design of Stacy. We didn't talk about her, but... Yeah, uh, you, I think, are more into it than I am, but her <laughs> outfits are cool, I guess. Oh, I, I just like that character. She seems very, like whimsical she like, is but at the same time she's like the class president or the valedictorian yeah. or something because she's talking at that assembly before principal Mazer comes in uh and I, th- I wrote down that under like the tropes and cliches like there's always some kind of nerdy and unrelatable class president that all the kids are uh, quick to just roll their eyes at yep um speaking of tropes and cliches this movie's filled them. <laughs> with them i wrote so down weird. dorky guy gets hot girl Sure. Which is Max. Oh, yeah. With Roxanne. Mm-hmm. Um, hot cartoon, which is Roxanne. Oh, yeah. The, facts that, the fact that Max can't talk to her when he, like, sees her the first... Like, the first time he tries to talk to her, he's like... Bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah. Even the second time, he's still slightly like mm-hmm. that. Pretty cliche. And that's, that's not... Yeah, that happens all the time. Oh, yeah. I wrote down Max has hard time talking in front of hot girl. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> it is so funny. I laughed really hard when this happened, but when, uh... Then everybody was just kind of like not paying attention to the to Stacy when she was talking at the assembly. But then as soon as the principal came out, it was just like silent and not like an attentive silent. It was like he he was like hello and everyone's like and he tries to tell a joke and everybody's just silent and they all go to sleep. Science um, slumber parties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the page on Facebook for a goofy movie. Mm-hmm. So like the other day it was like. Who would you or tag a friend that you would take to a Powerline concert? Huh. And I tagged myself. <laughs> and then the next day, there was one that was like, tag a friend that who you would have a science slumber party with. Oh, nice! <laughs> it just made me laugh. I was like, this is funny. That's so good. I'm like, why is this still an active page? Right. <laughs> so weird. Trying to get those those hits when they're in the principal's office and they she spills her papers. That's kind of yep. cliche, and then it's even more cliche when they're, like, picking them up and their hands touch. Yes. Uh, Same it's cute. Way. And it begs the question, why is Max the only one that wears gloves? Weird. And PJ. But everybody else... And Bobby, I think, has gloves. I think it's just the girls that don't wear gloves. Weird. Male privilege. Hmm. They don't have access to germs. Interesting. The women are healthier. Men are all going to die out. Maybe. That was. I feel like that was purposeful. I think so. <laughs> it's it's acknowledged in an extremely goofy movie. Yeah. I think, Because Bobby's yeah. like, and we notice we're always wearing gloves. Very meta joke. Thank you, Polly Shore. By uh, the way, <laughs> Roxanne's protective dad. Yeah, and he's like super scary. And yeah. Just diamond diamond in the rough. It makes Roxanne supposedly more likable because she comes from like a strange. Uh, rough and tumble family and she's somehow like a perfectly untouched and unmaimed uh, like paragon of virtue. <laughs> Sentence Peter's out. <laughs> and just watching it just go whoop. That's all I got. Um, character has a bad day begins to rain which is when they're at the possum place. <laughs> yep. 
God, the possum place is so great. Opposite of tropes and cliches, that's great. It's the possum so place. Yeah, except for that one creepy guy that's there by himself and he has like a beard. Yes. It's a different There's color. There's another weird guy that's by himself. There is up front. He's getting super into There's or one the in guy the back too. The guy in the back on the yeah. left. Yeah. The big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a really there's a guy that's like has a very straight face when he's like clapping during the thing and he's like It's great for the audio. It's great podcast. for the viewers, yeah. He he scrunches up his face and he's just clapping very hard. Um when Goofy first tells Max that they're going on vacation, Max faints. And oh, it's like yeah. super super cartoonish when something is shocking to just oh uh, character sees significant other's face everywhere. In the water, too. In the cloud. <laughs> in, <laughs> the cloud is clutch. Yep. But the wa- looking in the water and using it as a mirror and, like, the ripples, like, take you away because you don't know who you are anymore. Yes. Uh, you weren't here for this one. I don't know where you were, but big guy with Speedo. Uh, nice. Pete, when he gets in the uh, hot tub, he's wearing a pink, I think pink Speedo. Might be uh, different nice. color. Yeah, because there's no mom. Yep. Hey, look at you. Weird. Um, when Pete rolls up in his RV, they play the Flight of the Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fitting. Um, when they're attacked by Bigfoot, they have like a, a Blair Witch Project like thing where they drop the camera and the camera's still like facing the this, this scene. So you get to see like the rest of it play out from the yeah. ground, from the camera. It's a cool shot. It's a cool shot. Pretty cool shot. It's a cool shot. Wait, I was like, wait, is this a cool shot or is this a cliche shot? It's both. <laughs> It's cliche for a reason, because it's cool shot. Same. Uh, <laughs> There's a road trip montage. Oh, yeah. That's about it. Oh, when they're at the baseball game, he, they catch a foul ball. They do it in the goofiest way possible with like him falling down and catching like a string of pennants or whatever. But mm-hmm. still, every time a character in a thing goes to a baseball game, they except for maybe in like Seinfeld, they catch a foul ball. Have you ever caught a foul ball? No. My dad was close once. Damn, Dad. Yeah. I caught a Raising Cane's water bottle at a St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dallas, though. That Same was, thing. That's pretty lit. <laughs> I've said lit too many times. I'm done. You're just trying to appeal to the millennium, or not even the, the yeah, yep. Mil- yep. young millenniums, anemone. The millenniums. Uh, we didn't really talk about the performances when we talked about the actors, but I think everybody does a great job in this, mm-hmm. and like the characters are so believable for this universe definitely like there's even bigfoot and it's just like silly but it fits with the movie it totally is um there's one part when um max it's right after lester's when max like he's talking to he's yelling at goofy and then there's this one part when he just he yells like he's said he ends it by saying the stupid rat show and like the rasp in his voice and like the half yell is like so believably like a teenage yelling like i i was like well I, that like brought me out of the moment because it was so good uh which i guess shouldn't be the object <laughs> of it but at the same time i was like wow this is really like that's a good thing the good thing there just, with just, the yelling kids and the i like it the, I wrote down. Wait, no, I didn't. But we some other characters we didn't really talk about were the nuns that were just there the whole time. What's with the nuns? <laughs> <laughs> the nuns are omnipresent. Maybe but, it's a metaphor. Oh. Not really a metaphor. It's just the month. It's the nuns. It's Disney trying to inject Christianity into this very secular work. 
They're just trying to keep. They're guiding. They're on, guiding yeah. them the whole way. The the guardian nuns. They're going to the Powerline concert is what ends up happening. Right. Which is so weird. <laughs> from the same place that they. How, where do they live? Oh, fun fact. They're from Columbus, Ohio. No way. Yes. Wait, maybe it's not Columbus, but it's somewhere in Ohio. Uh. I swear they're from Ohio. It like the map shows that they're from Ohio. I'm pretty sure it was Columbus. I would not be surprised. Oh wait, here it is. Yep. According to the road trip map, they are from Columbus, Ohio. Another hey. another Ohio. Hey Street USA. <laughs> Frank's tired. I'm not tired. I'm sorry I keep yawning into the mic. Is that rude? It's pretty rude. I never know how rude yawns are. I don't. I didn't know there was a wrong way to yawn until I read Princess Diaries. Oh yeah. And the grandma like yells at her for yawning incorrectly, and then I was like, wait, how do you properly yawn? Mm-hmm. I think just covering just, your mouth. Yeah, but you're also not supposed to talk during it, which is what I've done twice thus far. Oh well. Let's talk about some production and styling. I had a couple like silly notes. How about the production and styling. Yeah. Few production notes, not anything that important or groundbreaking but just things i like that were in the background mm-hmm. um when max does his little like power line uh concert at the school assembly sure. uh there's a little mermaid production in the background and <laughs> yeah. i was like that's funny and the, the the light switch in the hotel the nautical hotel is uh, very similar to ariel yeah. mm-hmm. which is weird because i'm pretty sure little mermaid came out in 95 no 85 that's a good question that I don't know the answer to. I'm pretty 95 sure. sounds about right. The Little Mermaid. 89. Oops, 89. Okay, close enough. Gotcha. But yeah, that's there, and then Goofy holds out a, uh, a Bambi doll for a kid to... Oh, he does? Yeah, when the, when the little Tommy Pickles kid is in the photo studio, he holds out a deer doll that looks remarkably like Bambi. Smiley-wily. <laughs> Wily wily. That's a good, good. I can only do impression. like half of one. <laughs> half an impression. The pizza looks amazing, but I've said this on this podcast before at least two times. Oh yeah, but it's so true. I had to get up and get a piece of pizza because the pizza on screen looks so good. <laughs> uh, it never happens that you have pizza while there's pizza on screen. Right. Being the RV is like a dream RV, like, geez. Yeah, that's with beautiful. The, bo- the bowling on the top and the hot tub. I would enjoy bowling if it was on that RV. Right. Um, the hotel room is incredible. Mm-hmm. The water bed that has fish in it. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, yeah, there's nothing else to add. It's just a good hotel. It's That whole section is really neat because it's all of the... There's been so much struggle... Uh, for the first, like, half of the movie, uh, like, with Max not getting what he wants, uh, even though he asked Roxanne out and got a yes, and he nailed (laughs) this really intricate dance. Not enough has been said in the past, or probably ever, will... Nothing... We cannot say enough about how good Max is at dancing. He is extremely good. He's pulling off these power line moves with, like, ease, and he's just some... Some rotten teenager. Yeah. Um, but anywho, uh, the the whole little montage where they're going to places because he's the navigator just seems like te- it's it's reminiscent of the Hey Arnold day when they uh, when they play hooky. It's mm-hmm. like the best version of that. Even though the hooky one, the lesson is not to play hooky because you won't have any fun. But this one, it's 
but this hang one, out with your dad and yeah, you will have fun yeah if once once he gives you control of your life right then it's fun dear old dad let go <laughs> the cartoon steak was delicious looking yeah right so floppy <laughs> so good uh oh production no the lighting with the in the go- glove compartment mm-hmm. is just like so cool and ominous yeah. and like you know it, the it's, red it, orange glow yes that, you know it's serious you know what's happening is like legit definitely also the way the pencil rolls out uh is really solid yes. <laughs> it, it pivots like around the eraser like you it just like it does when you have rolled your pencil down a sheet of paper a mm-hmm. million times um bigfoot not super sure how big he is yeah it's pretty inconsistent like he's standing next to goofy at some point as soon as he catches him and they're it's he's got maybe an inch or two on the goof who is a admittedly tall gentle dog but the the bigfoot is not much taller and his girth is really inconsistent when he's sleeping on top of the car he seems kind of big when you see him first above the stake which isn't a great tool for scale yeah but nonetheless the stake is sitting in his footprint and that like probably 16 ounce stake is probably has uh, an area of you know maybe a square foot and a half maybe square two feet and this foot completely surrounds it at not even the widest part of it uh-uh. and and yet somehow this bigfoot is only six five or so i don't know yeah and bigfoot also looks very tall next to the car yeah right so it's just weird inconsistent that's that's okay it's not the big deal i I wonder if that was the last part of the movie that they wrote. If they were just like, we we know where this needs to go, but we need something to kind of... We need something to get Pete and PJ away, and we need something to... Just move us on to the next po- part of the plot. Exactly. We need, we need to insert this high dad soup situation, and why would they be stuck in a car? And then some like 20-year-old writer was like, what if it's Bigfoot? And, and they were like, no, it's stupid. Wait. That works. What if it's big? For, or if it's like, the, sometimes in songs, uh, songwriters will like put in a, a substitute thing, just for like a, a minute, and then uh-huh. end up not changing it. Like in that song, by the National Sea of Love, they say, "Hey Joe, sorry I hurt you, but no, they say, "Hey Joe," and he, the Matt Berenger always says that he wanted to change it, but then never just just never changed it, and then it stayed. Yeah. Hey Joe, so they wrote a love song about a Joe. Who knows who that Joe is? Yeah, there's a term for that because my brother took a writing class that was like a screenwriting class, I think. Yeah. And they talked about uh, specifically like this episode of Gilmore Girls where one of the characters gets hit in the eye somehow by a swan, I think I want to say. And so like that's like inserting a swan into the story, but like it was oh, okay. supposed to be like a placeholder gotcha. for like what was actually the reason why he got his eye, uh, and why they, he has a black eye. They got so used to saying swan that they just they cast just it. left it. That's yeah. funny. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Also, your the other podcast with your brother make me feel like an idiot because he knows <laughs> he knows so much. He's so good at analyzing this stuff. He's so smart. Every time people like bring up this podcast, it's either Frank was great or Julio is so smart. And I'm like, yep, they are. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Um, I've accepted my position on this podcast as the interviewee, and I love it. No, I don't think that's true. I because think I you, like hearing... You contribute just as much. Thanks, Frank. 
I say if not the, more. I say the equal amount of words, but is it of substance? No. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Um, Stacy and her cultural appropriation. <laughs> yeah, she's wearing a feather at her party. That's Ugh. Weird. Yeah. For I, what reason? Right. What? <laughs> and the fashion in this was obviously very 90s. Yeah, super 90s. Maybe that's why. Was that a thing? I don't know. The, the hat that she's wearing at the beginning, the the like bowler hat with the, the flower in front, is a super 90s move. And I think she's wearing overalls, too. Roxanne might... No, Roxanne's just wearing like a shirt and jeans. And jeans, yeah. Um, Goofy's wearing a vest. I think he wears that all the time. Yeah, cool, cool, cool vest, Goof. Goof-a-loof. And Max Max is wearing something that has been cool since the 1980s and will be always cool in the red hoodie and slightly baggy jeans. I thought it was an orange hoodie. You think it's orange? Yeah. What color did you think that dress was? What? The, oh. The blue and black or it the changed. white and gold? No, it didn't. It changed. <laughs> no, it What did didn't. you think it was? It was black and blue. I, I was thinking more it was gold and white. Oh. Hmm. Well, it wasn't. It was orange. Interesting. Um, Red orange? Yeah, I think it's something close to the color of this book that the viewers can see. <laughs> I think it's more red than orange. But Goofy's vest is definitely orange. Yeah, very orange. Um, it's a good orange to go against the kind of pukey yellow that his shirt is. So weird. The, the colors in this movie are extremely vibrant. Which is a 90s thing, right? I think so. I, I think mostly animated movies are just kind of colorful. Yeah. But it me, it makes the, the different changes in the lighting so much more effective, like the, the glove box one, and even in the, the motel room when it's like darker and there's like the first time blue has been in the movie at all. Ooh. Except for maybe uh, during the power line sequence, the first power line sequence, it's kind of like dark-ish blue. Yeah. And I love the static in the background. Like a, Even in Powerline's concert when it's just static and then he's like superimposed onto the static. I know that that's not the first time that that happened, but it just looked really good. It looks great. Also, Powerline, total hunk. Like, hot-ass cartoon character. Hotter than Roxanne. No. <laughs> well, if Roxanne is 18, I'm more comfortable saying that she's hotter, <laughs> but I, uh... It's okay, you're a freshman in high school. 2020, oh, yeah. class of 2020. <laughs> class of 2020, we're never gonna die. Uh, I think that was all my production and styling notes. Yeah, I don't know if I had anything to add. Yeah, the art wasn't like insanely great, but like insanely like innovative and like gra- groundbreaking. But yeah, it was well, still good. It's it's got like a it's got a Disneyish palette that like the animation looks very comfortingly Disney. Like if you watch that, and then another animated movie from around that time is like Five Goes West or. Um, an American Tale. Did you ever see those movies? Um, yes, American Tale, yes. Yeah, the the f- animation is kind of similar, but it's just different enough that you know it's not like a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. But there's something just really comforting about settling into like a, a very uh, familiar Disney animated yeah. thing. How uh, long has it been since you've seen an extremely goofy movie? Probably about as long as it's been since I've seen a Goofy movie. I'd say probably 10 years since I watched it all yeah. the way through. Maybe less. Maybe it just showed up. If, I think if it's ever on TV, I flip to it and watch for at least five minutes, hoping that I'll see Goofy walk into a college <laughs> uh, lecture in his like disco outfit and afro. Uh, because the art in that is kind of weird. It, like, it pops out a little bit yeah. more. It's a little bit... It's like the... The early 2000s, like, trying to be, like, 2.5D instead yeah. of 2 or 3D. 
Yeah, because I tried watching that recently. Not I didn't not finish it because it's not good. Like I didn't finish it, but it, I still think it's a solid sure, movie. Sure, sure. But I did notice the art was very weird and like I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't like it. The difference between that one, well, there's a bunch of differences, but the biggest difference is that one has like an actual, real villain. And Bradley, yeah. Bradley Upper yeah. Crust the Third, he is a bad dude. Were you in a fraternity when you were in high school? I in was, college? yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. What? What fraternity? Sigma Nu. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was. I did a lot of stuff in college, and I was like thankful for my Sigma Nu experience. And it was, it was. I I spent a lot of time with the guys and like doing stuff. But I spent a lot of time doing other stuff too. So it was never. I I never really lived like the full full fraternal experience yeah. like I lived in the house for a semester uh, and I always had fun doing stuff with them uh, whether it was like business or play but mm-hmm. I I never really like poured my everything into it because I was busy doing a bunch of other junk did you know a what's his name a Bradley a Bradley Uppercrest the third yes um not in my fraternity thankfully okay. uh hashtag not my fraternity <laughs> so true true <laughs> I mean, there there are Bradley Upper Crust the Thirds, Bradley Upper Crusts the Third. Everywhere we go, um, they're just they they're, they're everywhere. All right, let's talk about <laughs> the soundtrack. Our transition away from Bradley the Stupid Crust the Third. Let's talk about uh, the soundtrack, which yeah. the original soundtrack is incredible. It sure is. Uh, I feel like I should look up facts about the soundtrack, but nah. Yeah, I feel like I should have done a little bit of, like, I, I should listen to it a couple times and get do, like, a definitive score study and then uh, send it to you to tweet out in increments. Yeah. Um, oh, our, people can look for it yeah. on your podcast, a Goofy <laughs> Movie Soundtrack. Yeah. A deeper look. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, boring for them because I would just rant in nonlinear thoughts. Um, they but, ha- they have lots of original... The entire thing is an original soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Except for when uh, Bigfoot oh. is listening to Stayin' in Alive. <laughs> Stayin' in Alive. Stayin' Alive. It's just hilarious and great. It is pretty funny. Bee Gees. Shout out to the Bee Gees. Yeah. For being great. I only know like three songs, but still. They're all good. Yeah. Oh, before we talk about soundtrack, there was this noise that happened on the road trip when the cassette player broke. Yeah. It was like, boing, boing, boing. Why? <laughs> Somebody had fun with that. Yeah. Did you have a favorite song off the soundtrack? You can find the soundtrack on Spotify if you're looking for it, or I'm sure you can YouTube it. Um, there's both the Powerline songs are really good. The I to I spelled capital I number two capital I. Is it really that? I to I. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> is that the one he does at the end? Mm-hmm. Because the other one is stand up. Right? Above the crowd, even yeah. if you gotta show is that, is that the whole... Is it just called stand-up? Called. I don't think it's on here. What? It's, it shows up so much in the entire movie. But anyway, that, those are sweet. Um, just like awesome uh, power pop. Like Michael Jackson. They're good songs. They're sweet, yeah. Good lyrics. Catchy. I don't know any of the lyrics, but I'm sure that they're good. It's extremely catchy. They're extremely danceable. I'd play it at a party and everybody would love it. Of the like more musically and not musically and you know what I mean, like the songs that sound like they're from a musical, which is I guess what this kind of is. Um, 
I in I have a thing in musicals where I almost always hate the opening numbers because it they always really awkwardly like try to introduce the setting and all the characters at once and then there's like we're singing and we're in the town ah, what are we gonna do in this town somebody's the leader of this town um, and I didn't hate after today even though it falls into sorry <laughs> it falls into that trap just a little bit but it's such a sweet song that I like didn't even care it's a uh, and it sounds it doesn't really sound like it's from the 90s because it's got it sounds a little bit more like, well, it sounds like 90s Billy Joel, sort of. Um, if you ever listened to uh, or watched Oliver and Company, it's got, it's not necessarily like, why should I worry, but it's got the same kind of like, uh, it's it's not like a tough song by any means, but it's got like the, the tough guitars at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got like a, and the fact that the electric guitar is like the, the main instrument behind it, aside from voice, it's it really like drives through and you're like, oh, okay, I can get behind this. And it's like, it's up-tempo enough that you're like never bored with it. And then whenever pe- like different people throw their, uh, their little lines into the song, it's not to like further the plot and it's not to mm-hmm. like introduce them as characters. They're just saying like high school things. Mm-hmm. And then the driver and- says, I'm going to sit on my butt and it's funny and everybody <laughs> claps um, it establishes the the cliques and the like social structure mm-hmm. of it. It's a little high a school little... musical, but it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really catchy song it too. It really like, is. I know all the lyrics to that song. I it's don't, called After Today. Yeah, and I'm a little ashamed of it. It's okay. You're a bigger fan of the second one. It's... Yeah, but the second one doesn't have songs. You you and your extreme sports. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to shape the, the listener's view of me. <laughs> He's that weird guy that really likes uh, biking on half pipes, right? He's the frat boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also, Goofy and... Goofy starts the song on the open road. Well, Goofy doesn't start it. The, uh, <laughs> the car? <laughs> yeah, the car starts it. I forget what happens before the muffler. But I think it's the keys. It's the keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the keys, the muffler, the pans on the knapsack on top of the car. That song's very funny. I don't know a single word except uh, for open road. I just like that these random people in cars have their own like separate lives. Yeah, like, there's right. the old lady with her like five cats. There's like Mickey and Donald on the side of the road for right. some reason. They, who would never be hitchhiking ever because they're quadrillionaires. Yes. Uh, there's the one very tiny dude and the giant lady with him, which is supposed to just be funny because <laughs> because they're different sizes and he's got a mustache. <laughs> and also, there's the nuns. Also, there's a little cameo from the nuns. Couldn't Ooh, get rid of him if we wanted to. Guess what? Fun fact. I noticed this name Carter Burwell uh, under okay. the names. Yeah. And I was like, I've heard that name before. I feel like I heard it on the Twilight soundtracks, which I was a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked it up. He did work on all the soundtracks for the Twilight films. No way. He did the music for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah. He also did. Mu- he also has mu- music credits for the film Carol, the 2015 oh, yeah. er, Oscar-nominated mm-hmm. film. On Melissa, on Melissa, which is like I'm pretty sure it's like a really good, yeah. like great critic reviews there. Yeah. Fargo. 
No Country for Old Men. Wait. True what? Grit. Whoa. Oh. Isn't that insane? That is. What this is why this music is so good. True Americana. Hail Caesar. Wow. That's so crazy. That the is Blind really Side. <laughs> Truest of Americana. Being John Malkovich. Wow. Uh, Mr. Holmes. The Jackal. And he just, he does all the, um... He has just film credits for all of them. He does the film scores for them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Carter Brewer. Maybe I'll have to listen to those. Does he have anything to do with the, the, the songs, or is he just the score? Because the score is good, too. I'm not sure. I don't have anything in particular to say about the score. I think it's the score that okay. he works on, because it says Deep Sludge, Bigfoot, High Dad Soup. <laughs> so, he does that. That's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow, he's done a lot of films. All right. Soundtrack, A++. Yeah. Tweet oh. us your favorite song. Yeah, Lester song for the win. I want. Do you know all the words to the Lester song? <laughs> I mean, I can sing along to it as it's playing, but I don't think I can... Okay, Do it what's, on the the, spot. what's the part about hanging in a tree? At the very end, they say something about hanging in a tree. Boop. That's all I can think right now. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it wasn't more, not less than subtle uh, racial coding from, from our, our friend Walter Disney. Lester's possum. Oh, oh, possum. Don't you want to be hanging from a tree? At Lester's possum, ha ha ha, because they are possums and they were like hanging their tail. Remember? Yeah. So I don't think. I'm just hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping it's that. Now gather around my possum pals, join the jamboree, come hoot and howl and holler from the heart. Every chicken, pig, and goat will help by yelping out a yodel here at Lester's possum park. <laughs> they spelled possum wrong. Visit Beulah's farm of fiddles. Pet our varmints. Taste our vittles. Lulu's lizard gizzard pie is a work of art. Lulu's lizard! Lulu's lizard! Yeah, the lyrics are, Well, don't you want to be a hanging from a tree? We're mighty glad to see you at... And, and the, the parking's, parking's always free. free. Okay, I'm, I've been put to rest. I, I wasn't sure if it was, like, really... I mean, you did catch something about butts. Oh, yeah! The <laughs> when they're looking at bats... <laughs> the cavern's name is, um, I can't even, oh, Carl's, Carl's Butt Caverns. <laughs> Just so funny that you caught it because we didn't, didn't notice. And then you ask Gail, you're like, wait, did that say butt? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no. She was so quick to not believe me. And you were too. I was just like, why would it say butt, Frank? But he rewound it. I know my, I know a butt when I see one. <laughs> Let's talk about some flaws. Not enough butts. These are teenagers, Frank. We'll have enough butt caverns. <laughs> um, I wrote down Roxanne and Max barely know each other, yet once they she he asks her out, it's like they've been together for a while or ish. Like kind it of, just I moves it's, a little fast. I think but it's I guess, just teenage drama. True. It gets escalated really quickly. Yeah. Um, as soon as I said it, I was like, wait. But no, I, I know what you teenagers. mean. Teenagers. Yeah. I wouldn't know because I'm very mature. My relationships don't go like that. Indeed. <laughs> um, the puppet show that Bigfoot gives. Like, mm-hmm. how logical is that? Like, <laughs> Where did he get... Oh, he probably got the socks me, out of there. Yeah. It made me, like, just question, like, Bigfoot as a being. I was like, what is Bigfoot? He just want... That's... It's counterintuitive to his entire existence because it seems like he wants people to look at him. Whereas we're used to him... Hiding? Yeah, being a recluse. Mm-hmm. But... 
I also wrote down that they had a wide front seat, like very big front seat. They lay down foot to foot, <laughs> and even though they're both like scrunched a little, like they do, like the they ball themselves up a little bit. That's still like Goofy is not a short dog. We've yeah. established, and Max is at least half his height. Plus, this car is known to be small because it's like, oh, I'm gonna be in the small car with my dad for an entire road trip. Mm-hmm. Yet they're both able to comfortably lay on the fr- in the front seat. Yeah. Also, kind of over or underrated, the the front seat that doesn't have a little like divider in the middle. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of miss those. <laughs> Don't know where you put your soda pops and your coffee drinks, but it's in the like front under the like yeah, radio. You exactly. Know? Should be there. Perfect for driving movies. Perfect for driving. Whoa. Perfect Not- for driving movies. Okay, I was like, wait, where are you going with this? Where are you going with it? Where were you going with it? Uh, we just established that I'm a very mature person. Yes. The breakfast food that Max orders is very inconsistent. Because yeah. <laughs> there's bacon and eggs. He, like, you see, breaks the yolk. Yeah, and that that's really. I was glad that they went into the detail to do that. Like, I thought that it it didn't, it wasn't like a shocking animation, but it was more detailed than I was used to seeing out of animated eggs. Yeah. Um, then it becomes like this yellow mush, then it goes back, the bacon reappears, and then mm-hmm. they show it again, and the eggs aren't broken. Broken, yeah. So I was like, huh. Lazy. Mistake, mistake. Very lazy, 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 lazy. Which, I mean, it's an animated <laughs> film, so I feel like they yeah. already animated it, and they're like, well, too bad. Yeah, I, I could not care. I could care less, but I, n- I never know how to use that expression because I never know if it's I could care less or I couldn't care less because couldn't means couldn't make more sense. But people say I could care less, and I think that that's the accepted idiom, but it doesn't it doesn't make doesn't sense. add up. No, because you're saying you could care less. Right, 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 right. Free English lessons. Yeah, free the English people. This podcast brought to you by Scopio Tempranillo. I feel like the, that brand probably would sponsor a podcast. Who, Bright Sellers? Yes. Yeah. So, real quick plug. Bright Sellers is uh, a couple of graduates from MIT. These gals made an algorithm that you take, like a little quiz, and you fill out your answers based on what you like to eat and like taste. Hold on. Oh, that's a nice pour. Oh, that sounds good. Um... <laughs> And they pair wines that fit your taste results. And then they send them to you. For free. Well, (laughs) for an affordable price, Bright Sellers. Take the algorithm test today. And say that I recommended you so that I can get points. My name is... My name is Frank Blackman. I'm <laughs> just kidding. You don't have to say it. You can say my. I mean, I'm sure that you put at least my first name in the description. True, but they can just. The children need to know. Hmm. And you have to be 21 to sign. So don't try to pull any fast ones, fellow high schoolers. <laughs> fellow 2020s. I used my Chinese fake ID. That's how I got that to work. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's Bright Sellers. Hey, whoa, hey, whoa, yeah, ho. Is that their, lo- their like, music sound? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, one last flaw that I wrote is the perfect cast to save Go- Goofy's life. He never even practiced it once. No, he and just... there's no way that little rope picks up. Uh, he's a tall man, so he has to be at least 160 pounds. Yeah, even if he's skin and bone. 
Um, okay, maybe not 160. Even though he is a dog. He has a big he's got, head. He's got the belly, too. You pointed out that he's got kind of a dad bod. He's got dad bod. Goofy originated dad bod. Goofy is the original dad. Um, the original dad. The first one. <laughs> Goofy is short for Adam. Um, but he, I think we're overlooking the part when Goofy casts while he's like by the rocks and he latches onto the car. Oh, true. <laughs> he's holding onto the car against these raging currents. <laughs> and the rod is just fine. The line doesn't snap. What kind of fish were they going after anyway? I don't know anything about fish. Well, they're not as big as cars, usually. Maybe they were going after sharks. Maybe. Um, the shark that bit Rob Schneider in Fifty First Dates. I've never seen that movie. Maybe we should watch it and do a pod. This is going to confuse the listeners because they're going to be like, wait, what? I know. But then they're going to go back and listen again. Do it, guys. Do it for my views. My listens. Views from the Six featuring you, um, you're a tomato. And you're a tomato. <laughs> you're a tomato hosted by a cucumber. Kind of, yeah, some kind of produce man or woman. Did you have any flaws that you noticed? No, I think we pointed them out yeah. during the movie. Which really helps the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> In the future, maybe it's better if we watch them separately. We had a lot more to say about Fifty First Dates. I know, oops. Or maybe... There's more There's just more, yeah. In Fifty There's First Dates. yeah. Uh, my favorite line in this movie, the only one I wrote down, was, Goodbye, broken pile of wood. <laughs> I, you heard me laugh out loud. <laughs> Goofy runs over the fence, and then he's saying goodbye to everything. That was great. Uh, it is really good. Did you have a favorite line? I mean, I, I'm partial to Leaning Tower of Cheesa. It's funny. It's good. It's a little BuzzFeed, but that's okay. Ugh. Uh. BuzzFeed. <laughs> um... I also like when he slaps the possum and it says, beat it, doofus. Um, oh, yeah. There's a line in the movie where some ran- one of the random people at the possum park is just like, look, it's Dork and Dork Jr. Yeah. Okay, that line. <laughs> I always want to quote it to people, like, making fun of them, but then I don't want them to not get the reference and think I'm calling them dorks. Right. Like, in Arkansas, I always wanted to say that to you and William. <laughs> And I was like, they're not going to get this reference. Uh, well, so, I'm, I'm primed now. Uh, now I can use it. For sure. Next time I see you, I'm going to do it to you and Bella. Okay. The other one that I like is right after he gets busted for uh, the, the power line thing. <laughs> Some dudes in the audience, like, they were just, like, cheering their heads off minutes, seconds even, before. And then as soon as they find out it's Max, they're like, oh, it's just a goofy kid. <laughs> <laughs> like it reminds me of the SpongeBob thing when they're like, dude, they, he's a jolly good rookie. And they oh, yeah. throw him up, and they're like, he's a jolly good rookie. And, uh, and then they all disperse. And <laughs> That's so gr- that episode, man, is so great. It's quite. I really cool. like the way that one of the people's like, oh, he's a jolly good rookie. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> there's a, they're doing weird dances. And the one guy has a weird. He's like, I claim you honorary rookie of the day. <laughs> they give him a donut. But the Spongebob movie's probably rotten. No? Probably. Maybe there was, not. So in class today, we were watching uh, a, a, video, or a movie from The N. Do you remember The N? It was like Nickelodeon, but kind of for teenagers. Oh, okay. Um, it was directed by, like, I think it was a couple of vignettes. It's based on a story that the kids were reading about uh, kids uh, doing stuff. 
and Spike Lee directed the first vignette, and it's got one of the kids from The Wire and a dude from The Game. But why did I bring this up? Why did I bring this up? Oh, there is a preview for the SpongeBob movie, and the the teacher that was uh, teaching is like a little older, and she wasn't. She was trying to press menu to get through the ads, and it wasn't going, and that she didn't know to press skip instead. And so we watched a couple of previews before we got to like the main menu, and one of them was just like the SpongeBob movie, and I was like, oh my god, I remember going to Applebee's with my parents and then going to the SpongeBob movie. That's amazing! It was that big of a deal. Was, that was huge. Yeah. Hitting the big screen. And I was a little bit too... I wasn't too old for it, but like I was... You I wasn't 25. like Yeah, well, I'm only 15 now, so... Okay. But yeah, I remember that. And that's all. That was... Again, conversational stories don't work well on podcasts. <laughs> it's great. This is what the listeners want, I think. Uh, I have some fun facts for you before we discuss our uh, scores. Jason Marsden also played... He, uh, it says, played more than one animal in his career. He was the voice of that cat in Hocus Pocus, but he was also Scar. I don't believe it, though. I don't believe this. In Lion King one and a half, maybe? Oh, or... not Scar. What's his name? Uh, Kovu? Kovu, yeah. In Lion King 2? Kovu. Okay, because Scar was Jeremy was like, Irons. Wait, yes, yeah. I was like, wait, I'm so confused. This doesn't yeah, even look I, like Scar. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, the more I think about it, I don't remember Kovu's voice, but now I can totally hear yeah. it with like the kind of rasp that Max has. Hey, interesting. Hmm. The character of Powerline was based on both Prince and Michael Jackson. You already said that. Yeah, but... called it. I didn't know... Well, I knew the Michael Jackson thing was mm-hmm. there. I didn't know if there was actually any Prince or if I was just pretending that it was Prince because... Yeah, it, it makes sense that it would be both of them. Like, mm-hmm. it just looks like them. Uh, what do you think PJ's initials stand for? Pete Jr. Damn it. <laughs> Just a wild guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know this because I don't want watch Star Trek, do you? Not really. Okay. It said, this movie is the only time that Star Trek is referenced by Disney. And then really? it shows the kid saying, yo, Stacy, talk to me, talk to me. But I don't know if that's a line from Star Trek or their shirts are the reference. Because <laughs> they're wearing Star Trek. They are wearing it. I wonder if that's them. (laughs) That was the strangest line. Like, Stacy's up there giving her speech, and then the the kid that is, like, over-the-top nerdy says, Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! He's so... That's great. That was my cover photo on Facebook. only line, yes. That's great. It's a good... It's good still. My last one was just that. They're from Columbus, Ohio, but... I love it. Love it. discussed it. I've got we got family that live in Columbus, but only because they go to Ohio State, and my sister goes to school right outside of Columbus. Shout out to shout out to the C bus. <laughs> it's uh it's lit down there. It's lit. Fifteen year olds these days. Less lit. Uh, it's the capital. All right, let's give our scores. Unless you have anything else to add about this movie that... I feel like this, I don't. I think it This episode is already longer than the movie. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> this is just a... This is a bad podcast. <laughs> we just... I just did a bad job this time. We were very tired. We had pizza. We uh, made us sluggish. And I feel like as much as I love this movie, there's not much to say about it other than... It's, like, this is what I liked. Yeah, it sounded like a better idea... When, when we picked it up, I was so excited. Too. But I think it's just because I wanted to watch it because I love it, which, that alone, could very easily give it a seventy-five percent mm-hmm. by itself. 
when we first started the movie, I was like, I already know what score it's gonna get. It's gonna get a hundred percent. Right. And I'm sticking to it. Like that's just how I feel about this movie. Rewatching it, still think it deserves like a ninety. Yeah. There's some like small tiny things that like don't make sense, but overall, it's a perfect film. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I think that I don't know how it could get a fifty five percent. It's like. I, Somebody has to be like wanting it to be Citizen Kane, and then going in with really unrealistic expectations for it to be a fifty-five percent. Not that every movie shouldn't fall under the same kind of blanket of scrutiny, but at the same time, it's a kids' movie from nineteen ninety-five when this medium wasn't necessarily new, but it was still like evolving. And this was one of the first like dives into we said before the disney extended universe outside of like ducktales and other you know disney escapades but it was the first one i think this is the first like max and goofy spin-off and it fares a lot better than most other spin-offs have yeah this is like the better call saul of <laughs> of disney animated spin-offs and i think that i'm with you in like the 90 maybe i don't know i wouldn't even say i like I'm thinking about what would make it not 100%. And there's right? Like, but there's like, it's, you know that it's not a perfect movie, so it's not 100%, but you can't think of any reason why it's below. Like, if somebody handed that in as a paper, it'd be like an A. Yeah. And I would just, I would, I'm not a good teacher, so there wouldn't be a rubric. So I'd just be like, that's an A. And then, like, just pick a number. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I like the kid, it's a 95. If I don't like the kid, it's a 92. Um,. Future employers, just ignore this part. No, <laughs> just it's, it's the way everyone should grade. It's science. Um, but really, like, I don't see a reason for it to not be a great movie, other than possibly it's predictable or it's like not adding anything new. But it, it has depth to it. It has like those relationships, mm-hmm. and it has the like character growth. It has original music. It has a great solid plot. Maybe the plot's not that like. Uh, like groundbreaking or anything, mm-hmm. but I think the only thing that maybe counts against it is that because of its limited runtime, it kind of ties things up pretty quickly, and that's okay. Like I, it happens so fast that you don't have any time to wonder like, is this going on too long or anything? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the at the very end, it goes like goes from their, uh, like they have their treacherous turn, uh. And then they go in the water, mm-hmm. and then they cut right to L.A., then they have the concert, they come home, the movie's over. So the the latter third of the movie, just they cover a lot of ground in that. When it, it, It's a different pace than the rest of the movie is, and that's only a little bit jarring. I really don't even think it's a huge mark against it, but I think that's the only real like structural criticism that I can even come up with. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to find holes, so... So yeah, I'd say like low 90s, mid 90s. Yeah. Let's go with 95 because that's the year it came out. Oh uh, yeah. Hey. It gets a score of 119.95. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it gets a score. I don't know. I'm tired. I'm tired. 119 but 95 also. Here 90, we go. 95% for this incredible film. Yeah, if Toy Story 2 gets 100% and it's a great movie, but... Why does that get 100%? Because it's a great movie. But You don't uh, like the no, second? No, I, oh, okay. I, I, I love it. I'm just saying, I'm putting I'm pointing it out as like, that there are, you can, if you want, you can probably poke holes in that movie too. Yeah. Like why? That's this, true. This 100% thing is garbage. No movie's 100%. 
except Get Out. And even that one's it's like ninety eight yeah, like or something. Those haters, they, they yeah. just wanted it to not be a hundred. It's just because they're afraid that the white people in the movie are them. <laughs> That's a good argument for that. It's better yeah. than Finding Dory. What does Finding Dory have? Too high. It gets better. It gets just one like point higher than Finding Dory. Stevie Wonder song. Too high. Finding too Dory. High. Is it 94? 94. Alright, we'll take 95. 95 Good call, it us. Alright, if you want to tweet us about this movie, you can tweet us at YST Podcast on Twitter, or you can email us at notsorottenmedia at gmail.com with some movie suggestions. For Sheezy. I thought you were going to say something else. Nope. Alright, bye. Bye.